0: Gentlemen, we made it 10 episodes Pittsburgh Hockey Digest Podcast. My name is Mitch. I'll be taking you through the week that was in the world of Berg Hockey. Of course, my once again, my name is Mitch at PhD underscore Mitch on Twitter. You can find us all on Twitter at PGH Hockey Digest online at berghockey.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and all that other fun stuff at PGH Hockey Digest. Gonna get right into it this week. We got some big news, of course. If you were listening last week on the Peter's Township broadcast with myself and Matt Geica, we made an announcement at the in the third period of Cannon McMillan, Peter's Township. We have spoke with several associations so far. We're slowly picketing everything and figuring out what we need to do to get it to work. But we are launching some broadcasts starting this week, tomorrow. I will be in the rink with Matt Geica, and for the first game for Latrobe and Montour at Robert Morris Island Sports Center. That's a 7:15 start. That'll be on our Facebook page. Probably audio only. We're working out on the details for our video feeds. Once we get those all detailed, we'll be able to get you a little bit more of an idea of what we're looking for. And we are, you know, moving along slowly on this. I mean, we just found out about this the Thursday prior and put everything into the uh, movement that we needed to do to make it work for all of us. And it's going to be uh, better for you. We're trying to bring a better product for you. Um, like I said, video feed's going to be a little bit beyond. And we're getting there. <laughs> so, you know, And then I'm bringing back an old... High school hockey legend is going to be doing play-by-play for the second game of our doubleheader at the Island North Hills Wheeling Catholic. Uh, Mr. Matt Popchuk will be on the play-by-play for that one for us. So I'll be on color for both games. Uh, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. And, uh, you know, that big Montour and Latrobe matchup first is probably one of the bigger matchups we're going to have all season if you think about it. Uh, Montour, the high-flying offense, and Latrobe, of course, 8-0 with only giving up five goals on the season. So we're going to have a good time with that. We'll talk about some of that stuff a little bit later. And we are also picking up Cathedral Prep and Cannon McMillan on Tuesday, the 7 o'clock start prior to Matt Geica and my uh, coverage of Peters Township Hockey. They host, I believe it is Pine Richland on Tuesday at 9 o'clock from the Prince scape Arena. Um, we're trying to get some stuff working on it. We'll let you know as it continues to move along. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys can come on and uh, join us in this next undertaking that we're trying to bring out to you. Uh, I'm so excited for it, so excited for what's going on. Uh, it's just getting better and better as we continue to move along throughout the season. So, you know, I thank everybody for joining us on this undertaking. Today's show is going to be a little bit fuller than we thought, especially with a short week. But we were able to pull a lot of stuff off. Matt Mamros will be joining us. Of course, he's going to talk a little bit about the uh, USHL, NAHL, all the other stuff going on with our uh, OHL teams around the region. Of course, is what we refer to his segment. Gary Heeman's going to be joining us for his in up. Uh, um, Regular segment for the Robert Morse men. Of course, I went up to Erie on Friday, and (laughs) the game got postponed because of a lighting fixture. So uh, I wasn't very excited about that, but I was able to pick up Steel City Selects game on the way back at the island. So it wasn't a loss. It was a great, great, great day of hockey. I caught some uh, U16 Penguins Elite action, and then I followed it up with a U-19 Steel City Selects, and a U-14 Steel City Selects on Friday. And on Saturday, it was the island for the men for me. So um, it was a good week of hockey for me. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit later whenever we get into their segments. We've got their updates from everyone in the region. Short PIHL week, so we'll just bring you up with that. There are no players or goaltenders of the week, so if you're going to be waiting for that, You guys have an opportunity to wait another week because we're going to roll it into another week without the uh, full schedule out there this week. We just thought it wasn't fair to be able to give somebody a nod there, and it would have been tough. So I just went with it and did what I did best and just wing it as we always do because, hey, frankly, we're doing the best we can with what we got. So uh, the final one we have calling it is Kaz Monchak. He's going to be talking to us about a little bit of our Berg hockey Guys out there, we had of course a couple of our Mercyhurst guys in Dalton Hunter, uh, Paul Most of Butler and Mars. Dalton, of course, played for Latrobe. They both played for the Penns Elite, and you know a, bu- a couple other teams in the region. Uh, of course, Hunter was through. Uh, he had a little bit of time with Youngstown, some time with Johnstown, and we were able to get him, you know, around to see him with Mercyhurst this weekend and see how he plays. Now in his sophomore season, Moss is in his freshman year at Mercyhurst. Both were in the lineup last night. So Well, that was Saturday night, I'll say last night, because we record on a Sunday. So we'll get back to it whenever we get down there. We'll talk to Gary Heeman about a little bit there, Kazma and Monchak about you know, those guys. and <laughs> We had some fun times on the island. We'll talk with them here in a little bit, but we're going to get right into it. and We're going to talk a little PIHL to start. We're going to start out in A this week, and we're going to talk about the scores that were on Monday at Mount Lebanon defeated Cathedral Prep 5-0 at Mount Lebanon Iced. North Allegheny over Seneca Valley 7-1 at Barrel. That was the showdown of the top two teams in the classification of A. Bethel Park defeated Butler 4-2 at Frozen Pond. On Tuesday, of course, our Facebook Live coverage of Township Hockey continued as the Miners' Cup was awarded. Peters Township defeating Cannon McMillan 4-1 to at Prince Arena. And then up the road, up 28, Upper St. Clair defeated Central Catholic 8-3 at the Alpha Ice Complex in AAA. The standings coming out of this week look like this. North Allegheny leads the way 9-0-1 on the season. A shootout loss to Butler, the only tarnish on their record. And that is a Lead of 19 points for the Tigers. Seneca Valley six-two and oh, six and two on the season. 12 points for the Raiders. Lost to North Allegheny, put some seven points behind. North Allegheny played 10 games so far, so they're halfway through their schedule and already only one point off of perfection. Upper St. Clair five and three, with 10 points, is tied with Pine Richland. Upper St. Clair has a game in hand. Pine Richland, sorry, not Pine Richland, I'm sorry, Peters Township, Peters Township, 5-4, 10 points in fourth place right now. Pine Richland right behind all of them, and of course that Peters Township-Pine Richland game becomes more important because of what's going on in this little area. Pine Richland, Mount Lebanon, and Cathedral Prep all tied with nine points. Pine Richland, 4-1-1 one, and one on the season. Mount Lebanon, 4-5-1 and one on the season. The same record for Cathedral Prep, and they all have nine points right now. So Pine Richland controlling a little bit of the destiny with having the most games in hand on anybody right now. Um, only three points out of first with two games in hand on Seneca Valley and Upper St. Clair. One game, sorry, three games in hand on Peters Township and four games in hand on Mount Lebanon Cathedral Prep right now. Cannon McMillan sitting in at eight spot, four and four on the season. Eight points for the Big Macs just on the outside. Bethel Park. Six points, three and five are the Blackhawks. Central Catholic at two and seven and Butler at two and eight, tied for that 10th spot with four points apiece. That's going to be interesting to see how that will develop. We've got some games coming up that are going to mean something towards the end of this year. And Parody has been there in AAA. So you want to look at that and think, you know, how close they are. It's going to be interesting to see how they play out, and it does go along. And North Allegheny's and Tyler Lamarck leading in statistical categories. 8 goals, 15 assists for 23 points. Mark Lehman of Peters Township. 10 goals, 8 assists, 18 points for the senior from Peters Township. Connor Chi of North Allegheny. 7 goals, 10 assists, 17 points. Joshua Rip of Cannon-McMillan. 10 goals, 5 assists, 15 points. And Tyler Putnam... And Devin Rorick are tied for that fifth spot. Eight goals, six assists for 14 points for Putnam. And Rorick has nine goals and five assists in two less games. So you got a little bit of a tie there for your positioning. And in the net, let me re-up the statisticals here. And it looks like Tyler Boyle still leading the way. A 942 save percentage. You need to have at least three games played here. 153 will make you eligible for your 153 minutes makes you eligible for our top five 942 save percentage for Tyler Boyles at 6-0 on the season Daniel Stauffer in second place from Pine Richland picking up where he left off last season a 920 save percentage save, tied with Seth Faulkner of Cathedral Prep uh, Stauffer 4-1-1 one one on the season Seth Faulkner for 2 and one on the season The 920 save percentage for both of them Austin Martin of Mount Lebanon sitting in the fourth spot with a 9.13 save percentage. He has a 2-4-1 record on the season. And Alex Wilbert is now officially in the rankings at fifth place. 153 minutes played, a 9.08 save percentage for the senior with a state title on his record. So, also, of course, we talk Daniel Stauffer. He's in double A so no players or goaltenders of the week this week. So we're going to move right along. Double A, the standings are getting a little bit tighter as we continue to move along in the season. But we'll see how we got there this week. Montour defeating Quaker Valley, 7-2 at the Barrel Ice Complex. Uh, that was then Moon defeating Hampton, 5-4. Finally coming into the win column on the season are the Tigers. That was at Frozen Pond Arena, West Allegheny, 5 Hempfield 2 at Kirk S. Nevin Arena. Franklin Regional on Tuesday defeated Shaler 4 3. That was at Alpha Ice Complex. Standings look like this in the Northwest Quaker Valley. Leading the way 4 and 4 on the season are the Quakers. Meadville at 2 and 4 and 1. Sorry, 2 4 and 1. 5 points for the Bulldogs. The Mars Planets right behind them with 4 points 2 and 4 on the season. Moon 1 and 7 with an overtime loss. That's three points for the Tigers, finally getting on that win column. Congratulations to Moon this season. Baldwin undefeated, 7-0 and to start the year. 14 points for the Fighting Highlanders, have two games in hand on West Allegheny, but are tied with the Indians right now. It's 7-2, and West Allegheny right in the mix with the Fighting Highlanders, but don't look back right now, because Montour, 6-3, and same number of games as West Allegheny, but Baldwin has those two in hand. 12 points at 6-3. and three. South Fayette, 3-6. Rounds out the division with 6 points. Varsity AA in the Northeast. It is Plum, 4-2 on the season. Four games in hand on Armstrong, tied with the Riverhawks. With 10 games played, or 4-6 right now, 8 points for Armstrong. Hampton at 1-7 and seven with 2 points. Are tied with Shaler at two points at one and eight on the season. Greater Latrobe leading the way in the southeast. Franklin Regional second place with six and one record. Sixteen points for Greater Latrobe. Franklin Regional just right behind them with a game in hand at twelve points. Hempfield four and four, eight points for the Spartans. Penn Trafford three and three on the season, six points are the Warriors right now. Standings in sorry statistically the players seem to be a little bit crowded at the top mount tours and michael felsing leading the way 11 goals 18 assists 29 points cole ferry for latrobe 14 goals 12 assists 26 points alex walker of latrobe nine goals 16 points 25 points dusty fourth four place. montour nine goals 12 assists 21 points and nick bandai of west allegheny five goals 15 assists 20 points. It's important because you look at those and you're going to see in a second these are the two teams that will be facing each other on Monday night at the RMU Island Sports Center. I will Mike and I will be bringing you the call of that double A action from the island. I'm excited to say that this is going to be one of those slobber knockers that we wish we can get you a video for. Unfortunately, we're not we're not 100% ready for that. Uh, I want to make sure that when we get it done it will be done properly, so we don't have any problems. Vinny Amatucci leading the way. A pair Latrobe goaltender splitting it in net this week. Amatucci a 975 save percentage. A half a goal a game against. Greg Irons, 4-0. and The match, Vinny Amatucci a 949 save percentage. 70.75 f- goals against average for the Latrobe netminder. Tanner Sindrick. Of uh, Baldwin, 4-0 and on the season. He is a 9.35 save percentage. That will put him at 4-0, and that will put him in third place. Josh Ferry of West Allegheny, 7-2 on the season, a 9.26 save percentage. Colin Rice going to round out the top five, and 4-4 on the season from Quaker Valley, a 9.06 save percentage. Moving right along to single A, a couple games on the week, the two days that they played this week. Thomas Jefferson over Swickley Academy, 11-0 at the Island South Park over Fox Chapel in overtime at Ice Castle. On Tuesday, it was Westmont Hilltop over Blackhawk 3-2 at the First Summit Arena at the Cambria County War Memorial. North Catholic defeating Kiski, 3-1 at Center Ice Arena. North Hills over Wheeling Park, 8-3 at West Banco Arena. Bishop McCord over Beaver, 7 nothing at the First Summit Arena at the Cambria County War Memorial. Standings in single A look like this. North Catholic, 7-1 and to start the season. 14 points, have a 7-point lead with a game in hand on Blackhawk. They're going to start looking at the possibility of clinching before Christmas, at least the first seed in that division. Um... I don't know if it's possible or not, but we're going to start having the question because of how many games each team plays in their conferences. It's That's a stretch that you might start considering. It's a possibility. North Catholic, 7-1 and one to start the season. Blackhawk, 3-5, 7 points for the Cougars. Beaver, 1-8 to start the year, 2 points. Finds themselves in third. Swickley Academy, 0-9 oh to start the season. Thomas Jefferson, 9-1 in the Southwest start the year pretty strong there 10 games in 18 points for the Jaguars South Park on their tail the Eagles have 16 points at eight and two North Hills four and three with eight points they're going to be chasing down South Park probably down the stretch they have three games in hand on both teams right now as well as Chartier's Valley at six points at two and three and with an overtime loss and a shootout loss on the season so there's going to be a little bit of parody there. We have North Hills and West, Mo- I'm sorry, <laughs> Wheeling Park. I'm uh, sorry, Wheeling Catholic on Monday night. So uh, from the island, our second game, our doubleheader. And that will be Matt Popchalk in for the play-by-play on that one with me on color. So that'll be interesting to see. They get one point there. If they can get the win there, that'll give them 10 points. South Park, Thomas Jefferson are in reach with games in hand. So North Hills, not out of it yet. In that north and that Southwest in the northeast, Indiana five three oh and one 11 points for the Indians Kiski seven four seven sorry four and three on the season two games in hand on Indiana at eight points Fox Chapel also two games in hand on Indiana f- three two oh and two eight points for the foxes starting to come a little bit off- live here towards the end of the towards the uh, middle part of the season are the foxes and Freeport two and five four points. On the season. Bishop McCourt in the Southeast, 6-1 and one, tied with Norwin. However, McCourt has an overtime loss to their name. Have taken over the lead in the Southeast with 13 points. Norwin 6-1 and one, with 12 points. Greensburg-Salem 4-2-0-1. Oh, they are just on the tail there and with 9 points and Westmont Hilltop 3-3 three and three, with an overtime loss and that gives them 7 points on the year. Wheeling Park and Wheeling Catholic. Wheeling Park 3 and 4 with an overtime loss, 7 points. And Wheeling Catholic 0 oh 4 to start the year. They've given up 53 goals on the year. It's been a rough year down at West Banco. However, Wheeling Park could play the role of spoiler for several of these teams. Um, so you would to pay attention to that in the future. Like a 3 and 4 right now with an overtime loss. They're definitely stealing some points where they're able to. Standings in the statistics c- statistical categories. Start to look like this right now. Will O'Brien of Thomas Jefferson leading the way in a, by a big margin. 21 goals, 13 assists, 34 points for the TJ winger. Where Ali Holzer, 10 goals, 15 assists, 25 points. Second place, Bekov tied with Holzer and Cole McNair for 25 points. Tied for second right now. 16 goals, 9 assists. Cole McNair, 15 goals, 10 assists. And then in fifth place, it is Hunter Fairman of Thomas Jefferson. 10 goals, 12 assists, 22 points. McNair has, I want to make a note, Cole McNair has five power play goals already on this season. That should lead single A from Greensburg-Salem. Statistically in the Nets, Shane Paremba still leading the way. 514 minutes played on the season, 8-2 and two for South Park. He's a 958 save percentage. Logan Marnick of... Chartier's Valley, 2-2 on the year, qualifies with a 9.35 save percentage. Chris McFadden, North Catholic, 7-1 on the year, 9.30 save percentage. Eric Pettica of Kiskey, a 9.20 save percentage at 4-3 for the Cavaliers. And Ethan Isley, 3-1 on the year. Actually, he's 4-1 on the year. I don't think they updated that score yet, but he should be 4-1 on the year with a higher than a 9.13 save percentage. If he isn't, then it's down to him and Eric Amaranto of Westmont Hilltop. I'm oh sorry, Ian Amaranto of Westmont Hilltop, 2-3 and three with a 9-12. I don't know how that's all going to play out. I do believe that Amaranto is the, the actual fifth-place goaltender here, but I can't say that for any certainty because that statistical category has been altered as per the league website. Still doesn't have the North Hills... And TJ game from a couple weeks ago updated, so I can't really say who is the uh, fifth-place goaltender there. We'll figure it out as we continue along. As we move into Class B, just to give you a heads up, we did speak with Ringgold head coach Rick Kalinowski after his victory over Trinity on Tuesday night. Um, I have a little bit of interview with him to play for you after. Everything's played out here. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But those games that were played, of course, Nishanik defeating Bishop McCourt 5-2 at Ice Castle on Monday. Avonworth over Central Valley 6-4. That was at Brady's run. Elizabeth forward defeating McDowell at Mercyhurst Ice 5-3. And then Ringgold defeating Trinity 6-2 on Tuesday night at Prince Cape Arena. All right, the standings, just remember, we had to wing this. They still don't have the Morgantown-Burl score in the system yet, so I had to change a couple things around so that we have the standings correct. Nishanic in the, in the north, leading 6-1, 12 points. For the Lancers, the Antelope of Avonworth, 8 points in 2nd place. In 3rd place, the Burl Bucks, 3-4 and four on the season with 6 points. Central Valley and Wilmington tied for that four slot with a two and four record each. Wilmington, the Greyhounds, and the Warriors have games coming up that m- will mean a lot for those two, especially when you're challenging for that final spot in the divisions. Varsity South looks like this. Ringgold at eight and on the season 16 points are the Rams. Carrick, six and one, second place. Connellsville, they are five and four. Ten points on the season for the Falcons. The Elizabeth Forward Warriors four and two with an overtime loss. Nine points sitting in that four slot right now. Bishop Canavan six points at three and seven played the most games in Class B so far with ten. Morgantown two three and one five points just sitting on the outside looking in. With Trinity in last place right now, 2-7 and seven are the Hillers. Michael Vasco of Elizabeth Forward leading the way with 29 points, 14 goals, five ass- 15 assists for the Warrior. A pair of Ringgold Rams for 2nd and 3rd. Nathan Todd, 14 goals, 10 assists, 24 points. Brad Budos, 9 goals, 12 assists, 21 points. Tate Donovan with Elizabeth Forward. 12 goals, 7 assists for 19 points. Evan Eberlin of Ringgold, who has had a 7 game goal scoring streak for the Rams. 10 goals, 9 assists. And that'll give him 19 points, tied for fourth with Tate Donovan. You needed to have 153 minutes to qualify for the goaltending statistical leaders. With a save percentage of 9.39, Riley Mastowski of Neshanic leading the way at 6-1 on the season. Sean Dugan also 6-1 on the year for Carrick, it's, and he has a 9.29 save percentage. Blake Phillips of Morgantown, 1-3 on the year with a 9.09 save percentage. Alex Mitchell of Connellsville, 5-4 on the year with an 8.80 save percentage. And and the next one will be Chad DeGrone of Ringgold, 6-0 on the year with an 8.66 save percentage percentage. We had said that we have an interview with Rick Kalinowski. We will play that for you here after his win over Trinity on Tuesday night at Printscape Arena. Alright, Rick. We're uh, just post-game after the win over Trinity. Um, 8-0 to start the season after that Penguins Cup run last season.
1: Um, Is that something you expected from this squad this early? Honestly, I thought this was our year. I didn't think so much last year. We played as a more of a unit last year. This year we're still having bumps and bruises along the way. As, if, as you we were talking earlier about players being injured, so we're, we actually have everybody back. We're okay. starting to play. But we're still not gelling yet. So okay. I, but to answer your question, I didn't think we'd be eight zero oh at this point.
0: We time. talked at the beginning of the year, the opening game against Morgantown. You said mm-hmm. you weren't pulling together for Rams hockey. I think, was it Ramly, Is that what Ramley? That? Ramly right. was the phrase that you used. Um, We're looking into that now. You feeling like they're starting to come together a little bit? I mean, 8-0 is a good start to the season. You get that big win against Neshanik last weekend. That was the one game that everybody was questioning. Is this team starting to come together? I'm seeing the scoring coming from multiple places now.
1: Right. So we have a lot of guys in the top ten scoring. Right. right. We have six guys in the top Mm -hmm. ten, which is fantastic. Um, They're not a rambling yet. I think we're missing our (laughs) – we we have the R.A.M., but we're still missing the lead part of it. Okay. Um, but I think in time, they need to bond as mm-hmm. a team. Okay. You lost your leader last year, Noah Schroeder. Yeah. So you have a new captain this year, Justin Day. <laughs> um, we still need to have that. We still need to click. That's what we're missing. We're missing that group.
0: Okay. Um, you're talking about that scoring. I, was, I made a note in my post in my game story today. Uh, Evan Eberlin. Seven-game goal, seven goal-scoring streak here. I mean, you're talking about all that scoring, but, you know, consistency coming from your forwards. How, how does that help along the way, especially for bringing in the younger guys with the seniors
1: producing? So Evan's come a long way. So history, has, he's always been a, many, many, many penalty minutes. Mm-hmm. In fact, he led the team, led the league two years ago in penalty. I remember him, too, from two seasons. And then again. he went down in the half. And then this year had a couple mm-hmm. during scrimmage games and so forth but he sees what he needs to do he's a Mm -hmm. he's he's a leader he's a quiet leader if that Mm -hmm. makes sense he's um making right plays and i have been switching around with the younger kids older kids you know that type of thing but he's a he's a gamer Mm -hmm. he comes to play each and every game he takes it personal Mm
0: -hmm. so the maturity level is starting to come around on that um Let's switch around a little bit. Now you said we talked during the Greensburg Salem tournament. Your defense, you were, you had a little bit. You were a little banged up on your
1: defense. Is that starting to come back in? Yes. Yeah, so guys we, had, we were down to four. Yeah. If you Remember in that Greensburg mm-hmm. Central game, and we had you know we lost, graduated our goaltender, so we got to have a strong V. Yeah. and Missing two defensemen, mm-hmm. and now we have you know we're back. Solid defense. Uh, Hunter Hotson's back now. Mm-hmm. He's the one went away for a little bit. Now he's back. Suarez is back. Ryan Merrick is a leading. That you know as a senior, mm-hmm. John Dubon doing well. Okay. They're getting better. Okay.
0: Now that tandem in that you're referring to, you know, you graduated last year. And now you're bringing in DeGrom and um, tonight starter Mees. Me- Meese. J- buddy. We call him uh, buddy. buddy. Yeah, that's right. I remember but we were joking about that. Somebody said, his name's Buddy. <laughs> but yeah, we are. Uh, we're talking to those two. I mean, those two have stepped up this season. Especially after seeing, you know, last year one starter.
1: So, big difference between the kids. One's a mm-hmm. senior. Mm-hmm. Hasn't played in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Buddy's a freshman. <laughs> buddy started a night, faced a couple of decent shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's both the goaltenders need to learn to let it go. If mm-hmm. something goes by, we got to come back battle mm-hmm. back. But other
2: than
0: that, they're, they're playing well. All right. I think that's it. Thank okay. you for coming on. Uh, nope, good to see you, buddy. Me. And I'll see you knowing to see you, buddy. Right. Take care. Always one of my favorite people to talk to. Around the rink, just has a head on his shoulders for the media, and it just takes care of everybody. Um, Always loves to talk hockey, no matter how it plays out. So, thanks for having me. You can't tell that (laughs) we were all extremely tired on Tuesday night. I put a lot of work in to try to get the broadcast lined up for this week. With the short week and everything, so well-needed break this past week for me, and um, yeah, we will actually uh, be joined here momentarily by Matt Mamros, he's going to talk about the rest of what's going on around the world, around the region, and there was a lot going on this week, so without further ado, we'll bring in Matt Mamros, and of course, here is of co- the aforementioned Matt Mamros, who's probably put more miles on his car than I had this past week, so <laughs> we'll discuss a little bit about that in a little bit, Matty, how's it going, buddy?
3: Lots, lots of miles. A minor incident involving a skid plate on the bottom of my car that is no longer there. And okay. a little bit of sound. So,
0: inter- interesting, uh, interesting week for sure. Yeah, you had you actually made the trip for one of the days up to St. Lawrence, and I, I don't, I, I don't envy you. I'll be, ble- I'll be ble- blunt about it. I, I don't envy you for that. <laughs> I feel good. like
3: you picked the wrong game. Actually, I'm gonna be honest with you.
0: <laughs> uh, what game? There was no game for, that I traveled for.
3: Did you go to Mercyhurst and it got canceled?
0: That's what I'm referring to. That that was the but joke. True.
3: That but is that, true. That was the so, joke. So you, <laughs> so you you didn't see. Well, you did get to cover one game. So. I
0: got to see. Yeah, I'll say that I got to cover one game this week. Anyway, I actually covered four, but we'll we'll not count. You know, we'll we'll let you go on that one. All right. So we're gonna start there. Your trip two. The great north of of New York and uh when you got there what did you see out out of the women's team
3: well it was a very interesting uh weekend for sure I only stayed for one game and then i I hauled it back but uh on Fr- the Friday game the black Friday game I got to see instead of shopping I went to go watch women's ice hockey so that was that was my black Friday <laughs> and i I'd made deci- I'd make that decision Every single time to go do that. I went, but, to, Walmart. Uh, they, they I went want... to
0: Walmart for like thirty seconds on Thursday and decided I was not getting up before noon on Friday. So, trust me, that was something I believe one hundred percent. Yeah,
3: I was up at five a.m. on Friday to make the seven and a half hour drive to, to New York and then make the seven and a half hour drive back to New York. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it was it was a good. It was a good thing, but uh, on Friday, the women won on a shorthanded game winning goal, a 3 2 conference or a um, non conference matchup against St. Lawrence Saints mm-hmm. in Ruse Arena. St. Lawrence's Arena is undergoing renovations to fix some damages, is, is I understand, and they played both games at Lose Ar- or Ruse Arena. Uh, J.C. Gebhard tied the assist record in the first period off of two Lexi Templeman goals. Mm-hmm. And Courtney Coleman scored shorthanded from Carlette and Fiala, I believe, right over the top of the goalie's shoulders, barred down on a backhand wraparound attempt. And it was very beautiful. If anybody gets a chance to look that one up, I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. But it was awesome. And the second day, they tied. One-to-one, very late in the game, unfortunately. Uh, Reagan Kirk exited with injury, and Ariel DeSmet came in and played lights out to keep it to the 1-1 tie. And Ariel was tight, challenged very quickly coming off the bench in that one. There was no real chance to warm up or anything on that one. So that was impressive that they got the tie. But they, they have points in every game in the month of November and unbeaten months in the month of November. So that was something pretty cool and something the program has not done in the past.
0: That That is awesome, and I want to make a note. He went to Ruse Arena. That is home of the Kangaroos of SUNY Canton. It uh, wasn't just yes. aptly named, and the future home of West Allegheny Defender and Pittsburgh Penguins Elite and Still City Selects defender Bree Medved she'll she committed there this past couple weeks so yeah so you know how far away it is but it's something that you know we're going to be paying attention to in the future anyway so it's good to see I'm looking at the roster right now they don't have too many they don't have anybody from local in that in the lineup right now but that's something we we're not- noting about and you had mentioned the uh Reagan Kirk effect you know Getting hurt uh in that second game by every account that I heard. I didn't get the chance to watch it. I was uh getting things lined up during the day on Saturday. But by all accounts it so wasn't like,
3: she got run over, kind of. Yeah, uh, she, that's uh that's kind of what happened. Uh yeah. very similar to what happened earlier in the year. Uh but you hope she's okay and can go this, this yeah. weekend for the teddy bear game toss is on or teddy bear toss game. You don't toss games. You toss bears. Um, <laughs> on Friday, and uh-huh. again, Marcy Hurst for first place. This is this is the weekend for all the marbles. So
0: it's a big weekend. Strong, this this hopefully. is the first of the four games between the two squads that you know are very important points <laughs> when you look at the standings. Yep. So um, it's going to be an interesting. It's always uh, these these two teams just love to play each other. And it, it's that rivalry. It's just the rivalry games that you love to see in any of your athletics. And the I-79 rivalry is real. And I'm going to speak with Gary Heeman about that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, that is definitely something that we are about the men's side of that, of course. And that's something that we can look at. Yes. And we're going to, you know, it's going to be a good weekend at the Island if you want to check out some women's hockey. Yeah, this
3: this weekend was also a pretty, pretty decent weekend at the Island for the the one-game match, but uh, there is a very, very strong chance that I would say J.C. Gebhardt breaks the assist record on one of these two games this weekend.
0: Very, very strong chance. You can't call it 100% because nothing's ever completely certain, but I would say you're you're sitting uh, at 99% on Friday and 99% on Saturday. So (laughs) if if I had to put a number on it, and she's moving along in her points towards, you know, the overall points, too, so... Something you yeah, pay attention she's still to. In,
3: she's still pretty firmly in fourth place among the NCA in scoring, and I mean, she does lead the NCA, and I believe she's tied for the the lead for shorthanded goals. Mm-hmm. Almost had another one this weekend, didn't get it, but uh, they, they did play an awful lot shorthanded this weekend. So that was something that they look to approve on going into this weekend.
0: All right, what else do you got for us? We talked women. Where are we going next? On Thanksgiving, I was
3: actually in Erie for the Otters versus the Kitchener Rangers.
0: Oh, you had the only and, Thanksgiving a game. game
3: in which I finally got to see Aiden Campbell start. Oh. So, yes. That's very good. cool. He's He's got an incredible record. He only has one regulation loss. He does have a ton of shootout overtime losses, but mm. um, it was exciting to finally get to see him. I've, I've seen Murphy every time I've been up there. They are respectively the seventh and... 15th goalies ranked in terms of statistics in the OHL right now. And they lost that game in a shootout five to four against the Kitchener Rangers. And that was a game where you watched the game and every single one of the Otters goals were like hardworking, grindy, like just pure, uh, skill goals where every single one of the Kitchener goals were goals that probably shouldn't have went in the net or, just had the most ridiculous bounce and it just came in somebody's stick and they put it in the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. So I mean there was nothing you could do about that. But Aiden Campbell did look really impressive in the shootout.
0: It's good. It's good. The underage right now going up into the OHL early. Uh Seneca Valley product, so that's something to pay attention to. We're keeping an eye on as we continue to move along.
3: Yes, and uh the fans continue to complain about their their power play, where I feel like with uh, the Roman North women, nobody ever complains about that power play because it's pretty awesome, but uh, it seems like in the area right now they're not, the fans are not personally happy with the power well, play. That, that's
0: but. one thing you always love about fandom is that, you know, there's always, you could you could be 18-0 and 0 to start the season and somebody's going to complain about something like, I you know, I heard about, you know, North Allegheny. Of the one statistic I was joking about with the PIHL was there they started the season nine zero and one but they have the worst penalty kill in all of AAA they were at seventy five percent as of two weeks ago so it was something you're well, always going to see something to you know it's going to be complained upon um, always room to improve somewhere yeah, that's, that's, no matter where you are just,
3: that's just how it is especially if yeah. you listen to select Pittsburgh radio stations in this area
0: let's they'll, they'll just, find uh, the, the
3: dumbest stuff to complain about
0: let's uh, but, uh, let's not go there sir. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, yes. Not, not calling out any. Not,
0: we're not we are not an involved man, with any of history. that tomfoolery today, sir.
3: Yes, yes.
0: What is yes, next? Yes,
3: but uh, the the honors this week they had their teddy bear tone yesterday against the Petersburg Pete, a, a game in which they lost three to one. They're sliding down a little bit in the standings. They're now sixth in the West. They were first last time we talked. Now they're sixth. But uh, this this upcoming Friday they got the Sioux Greyhounds. And the Sarnia Sting Friday, Saturday. Um, we'll see what happens with them this weekend. It's it's something to look forward to. If you don't have anything better to do, go ahead and check them out this weekend. All right. And then, but uh, my, my buddy he went up and watched. I went up and watched St. Lawrence and Robert Morris. He went to Jamestown versus Johnstown this weekend, a game in which Robert Morris commit uh, Noah West played both games, and he beat. Yeah, 29 save effort on Friday against the Tomahawks, beat them 3 to 1 then the Tomahawks turn around and beat him 3 to 1 on Saturday. So, John- Johnstown sits in 5th in the East, but uh, that's something promising for fans to look forward to possibly for next year.
0: Absolutely. It's something you got to look for, uh, especially, you know, Capital Master graduating. And, you know, I like Dylan Love Smart. I, like, I do like that he has a, you know, he has the inside track the way he's been playing in relief the last couple games. Is that, you know the last couple of seasons has been you know admirable if you think about it I mean we'll talk about we can talk oh, about absolutely. that really
3: right going all the way back to Bowling Green, yeah, last year when Barack gets pulled and he goes right in and he shuts the door for the rest of the game he you has looked, I mean,
0: he has not looked out of place in that net i mean he had hit he had some shaky start, shaky times in his freshman year, but you know, and Murat had... That's, the, that's every freshman that yeah. plays D1. And Murat Caldwell, had, had that... Knight. The net that locked down last season. And it looks like Kappelmaster is going to be there. They gave Reed Cooper that one opportunity. And that's, you know, how that ended at that point. But uh, uh Yes. And we're looking at, you know, somebody like Lobesmeyer who's... You know, he's getting the opportunities but not getting the, uh, the nods. And he, those are going to start coming whenever you start thinking about it and... Um, Definitely somebody to keep an eye on. uh, That's been not you know he's been not I wouldn't call him underutilized because I think uh, you know an NCAA level you know goaltender you you have to expect to take your knocks and earn your you know your time and I Absolutely. and he has taken advantage of every opportunity that he has so we'll we'll jump back in I agree with you on West <laughs> I wanted to hijack that a little bit and just discuss that a little bit but.
3: Oh, no, we get absolutely hijacked. It's,
0: it's all good. But we look at it, and then we go back, and, you know, you say you look at the future. You always have to continue to have an eye on the future. You can't buy into it, and you can't look at the past anymore. But you have to have that eye on the future and where you're going to be next year and who you have coming back. Like some situations, like the women's team, who have three goaltenders, junior at the highest. So, And right now their third goaltender is Molly Singewald, who is you know, a junior. So they have two years of their top two goaltenders, or two, at least three more years of their top two goaltenders coming up. So, Which is
3: incredible. And, I mean, that's something that you almost don't see anymore yeah. at this point. I mean, for example, look at a team like Penn State in that conference. They have a transfer who's injured, who's a senior transfer that's injured.
0: Uh-huh. They have
3: a, a junior goalie and they have a sophomore goalie. So, yeah. I mean, that's there's a big range there.
0: And that's how you're gonna see it every so every once in a while. So all right, so we're gonna move where where were we at? We were talking Jamestown, Johnstown and uh Yeah, John's,
3: Johnstown, um I believe this weekend they got the New Jersey Titans at the Cambria County War Memorial, the sixth and the seventh of December. So all that's right. uh, if you're looking for something to do in that area and don't wanna come watch Robert Morris and the Island, then I would definitely go see them.
0: All right. And then anything else you got for me, wheeling? Wise, we got we got Wheeling and Youngstown. Okay. Youngstown, um, they're
3: currently fourth in the East. They beat the Green Bay Gamblers one nothing on this this Friday, and they beat the Madison Capitals six to four yesterday. So you're looking at a team that's on a little bit of a win streak, and they're home exactly one game all of December. The Team USA U18 uh, this Friday, which is also Phil Kessel's return to Pittsburgh. So oh. <laughs> I, I actually have a buddy who's personally not going to go see Phil just to see the phantoms this month, because they're not back until uh, like the middle of January.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
3: So All that's, right. that's something to go check out if you do have anybody to do. And, uh, Wheeling is fourth in the central mm-hmm. and their struggle will continue against the Fort Wayne Comets. Uh, we, we talked about earlier in the year, the, uh, H L did do a total realignment of uh, divisions, and they play a lot of division games. So I mean, I think they play Fort Wayne uh, between 14 and 16 times this year before the season over. Mm -hmm. So this is a team they're struggling against. We I've saw their only win over Fort Wayne so far, and that was Batman Night, and that was a pretty sweet Batman
0: Night. But
3: yes, yes, Batman Night. Fort Wayne had Joker jerseys, pretty pretty sweet stuff. All right. I was lucky enough to one away with one. But, uh, yeah, they got, uh, this, this upcoming weekend, they play a three and three. Three games, three days, the sixth, seventh, and eighth. And they are all against Kalamazoo and then the Sunday games against the Toledo Walleye. And, uh, this Friday is a very special game, actually. It is the Will You Be My Neighbor night? which with Mr. Rogers' specialty jerseys. Nice. Uh, it's going to be a pretty, pretty sweet event. And they, uh, Pretty good way to honor the legacy of uh, Mr.
0: Rogers. That makes me angry because that I have to that I will be covering the women's team. Not to say not take anything back from the women's team, but you know that that's definitely an event I would have loved to have seen. So, all right, thanks again.
3: Absolutely. Thanks again look
0: for coming like, on. Um, you're good. I so say thanks for coming on, Matt. We're running out of time here. We've got about 19 seconds left on your segment, so I have to get on out of here. I got to keep. The, I'm trying to keep the time under an hour, sir. All right. Sorry, All right, hey, again.
3: You know me. I know how to fill airspace. That's I know you
0: do, and I appreciate it. Thanks again. That is Matt Mamros. I am Brian Mitchell. We will be back on the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast. While we're waiting to talk to Gary Heeman and Kaz Monchek, we're going to bring you around the region, our juniors segment, where we're going to talk a little bit about our other midget major teams and such. Pittsburgh Vengeance. They were a 3-1 overtime Winner over Erie at Alpha Ice Complex on, I believe that was on Saturday. They were canceled today because of the weather. The S-Mark Stars, the U-18, swept Gilmore Academy 6-4 and 6-3 on Saturday and Sunday. The U-16 swept Indy Junior Fuel 3-0 and 7-0 on the 22nd and 23rd in the Notre Dame tournament. Then a win over Connecticut 5-0, a win over St. George's 3-1. A win over the Phoenix Junior Coyotes, 1-0. A win over Fox Motors, 2-1, and lost the Rocky Mountains, 7-4. Just a heads up, the big game coming up on December 7th and 8th. The U-18 S-Mark Stars versus the U-18 Pittsburgh Penguins Elite at the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex. Of course, those Penguins Elite... They had a 6-5 win over Little Caesars, lost 2-1 to the Chicago Mission, and lost 4-1 to the Buffalo Junior Sabres. The U16s, 2-1, they lost to Little Caesars. A 2-1 victory over the Chicago Mission, and a 6-4 victory over the Buffalo Junior Sabres. U19 girls, I have no updates from them, but the U16 girls hosted their tournament this past weekend. 6-1 6-1 victory over Little Caesars, a 3-2 win victory over Sogan, a 4-1 win over Richmond, and a 4-2 loss to Little Caesars in the playoffs of their tournament The to U19 Girls for the Still City Selects Tier 2. They were a 1-0 loser to Clearview, a 2-2 tie with Philadelphia. I was there for that matchup, a 4-0 win over Nova Ice Dogs, and an 8-1 loss to Durham. The U16 girls, I didn't get any scores. However, they were the Tier 2 champions of the Thanksgiving tournament. They went 5-0 and oh on the weekend. Now joining us via phone, it was our it's our Robert Morris men's writer. It is Gary Heeman. Gary, how's everything
2: going, buddy? Oh, can't complain, especially not about that game last night. You know what? Such. Good enough. I mean, we, we had two schedules. We got one we couldn't make, it I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, Mitch, that you told... You told the fans already about your experience in Erie this weekend.
0: Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's not char, you know, bring up a little bit of uh, uh bad uh. blood there. Uh, it was a fun weekend, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, to get postponed because of a light was a little rough. So,
2: <laughs> absolutely. Um, but
0: we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about the things at hand, which was these that really, really interesting three-two uh, double overtime victory for Robert Morris on the island on Saturday. What
2: absolutely. Did you see? You know what? One of the not interesting against Murphy Hurst. That's just the one team that, you know, it's always uh, – there's always something on the side, isn't there? There's always some interesting factor. Um, there's plenty of open ice. There's plenty of chances, plenty of looks. Um, you know, it, it's not that the two teams play poor defense or have bad goaltending. they don't. Um, you know, it's just a case of they both love to. They both have to get after it, you know. They both have to go up and down the ice. They both have to take chances, and um, you know they've got you know their fair share of you know bigger players. And you know, I think you know I can't say that Rob Morse has a lot of players that play on the edge here this year, but I mean Mercer almost always has a couple of players that do play on the edge, and it always uh it lends an intrigue factor into the the games. I mean, it's just always been a a unique series, a unique rivalry, and um, Saturday night was no exceptions. I mean, it was an interesting game for sure. It took a, a couple of different twists. It was dramatic, wasn't it, Mitch?
0: Oh, it was absolutely dramatic, and you mentioned those things, you know, those players that play on the edge, but um, one that I've noticed has played a lot cleaner. Not, I won't say he was dirty the entire time, but he's definitely playing a different brand of hockey as Jake Coleman. Uh, absolutely. That's what I'm seeing. He's, he's stepping into a whole different role than he's used to. But uh, at the same time, he is fitting in perfectly in a senior year, stepping up.
2: Absolutely, he certainly is. I mean, we all know he had those skills. Um, You know, juniors um, let us know that that it was in the toolbox, so to speak. Um, You know, it's just Jake, um, you know, made the impact on this team in his years prior to, you know, momentum turning hits. I mean, he could really lift that whole bench with one big hit placed just right, you know, um, on the sheet of ice. I mean, he could really just turn the tide of things or or at least help to uh, just because he's, you know, he, he's not huge in stature. He's really short, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. There's no timber too tall for Jake not to try to chop down um, mm-hmm. when it comes to being physical. Um, and I think that just really it gives people a, a sense of, you know, wow, this guy's for us. He's in, you know, he's throwing his body around, sacrificing stuff. Um, you know, I want to try harder my next shift because Jake's given it his all mm-hmm. to see him get rewarded for, you know, all the hard work with you know, stats on the score sheet, tangible stuff. Um, this year is really great to see. Cause I mean, that's just, it's part of his game. that has been in there and he's getting more ice time now. Um, yeah, you know, and it's well-deserved. It's great. It's been great to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're looking at, uh, you know you, this team's starting to really come together. Like the, today, that was a well hard fought win by the Colonials. I mean, you think about it, Schaefer getting his first his first goal for the you know of his career to give them the lead, and that was a hard work play to be able to get in there and uh, you know be able to earn that. But to have it taken away is just indicative of that Mercyhurst Robin uh, sorry Mer- Mercyhurst Robert Morris uh, rivalry.
2: Absolutely. And mean, Mercyhurst really, really needed that one, um, and it was the three points they did not get. Um, you know, they—how can I say it? They never looked like the better team. Even if you look like the, if you look at the shots overall, forty-seven to forty-one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, Mercyhurst had a lot more, or not a lot more, but a decent bit more power play time, um, or more power, power play opportunities, I should say. They, they didn't have a major, I don't think, to work with but they had more power play you know, chances. Um, having said that, um, you know, if you look at territory, I really think Rob Morris had the better of the play all weekend. And there's a lot of open ice to to um, to, to work with. If you think about, like, in a, in a certain sense, Rob Morris could have had at least four or five goals Saturday night. I mean, they there were some opportunities. I'm going to point at, not point at, but look at Luke Lynch, um, who's getting closer to really break it out, and I really believe that that's going to happen at some point. They say that, um, you know, most people that have been around the sport for years say that among truly highly skilled players and players that um, you know, rig a lot of results and points, when they're getting they're they're, they're getting out a funk when they're they're getting more chances and they're getting better chances. Luke had some really great ones um, come Saturday, and he was very close. Mm-hmm. So I would tend to bake out pretty soon. I mean, there's a lot more chances than there were against the Air Force. Um, they were creating a lot more. There's a lot more applies to work with. Um, they only had three goals to show for it. They could have five or six easily, though they're a few inches away from that. So that's been a great thing to see for them. And um, it's been a great, you know, excuse me, it's been a great, um, it was a great game set in that to, to be a part of, for sure. I mean, and you look at them, who hit the score sheet, you know, and Nolan Schaefer gets his first, Michael Coyne, who um. Kind of like Jake Coleman, um, you know, makes the lineup every game with the yeoman's work, basically. I mean, he's a workhorse. Um, Michael Coyne's doing the, the work in the corners, um, you know, mm-hmm. for, for years in his tenure, Rob Morris. And this year, like Jake, I mean, Mike's getting rewarded with um, with points, you know, and and ice time. it's been great to see. Um, and and you talk about that goal, <laughs> it was probably on your list of things to talk to me about, but wow, what a goal! Yeah. Works that give and, works that give and go perfectly. And he goes right to the goalie, right, right, back to Mike, and he buries it. But I mean, that's that was a really, really, really nice three-on-three um, three goal right there. That was um that was a lot of skill right there, um on this play from Mike.
0: That was a uh, that's indicative of the maturity of Mike Coin over the four years that he's been here. You know, with the big uh, exodus of his of his class, you know, not a lot of the players from his class are still with the program right now. But, you know, you look at that and he comes in and, he you know, played a fourth line role for years. And then last year he gets that opportunity to step up and be a leader, you know, knowing mm-hmm. that it's going to be a younger squad coming going forward. And, you know, to get that type of a hardworking grinding goal is just, you know, that, that's that got to be, <laughs> you know, really, yeah. really, really good for a good feeling to have. And, you know, I spoke with him after the, uh, you know, the game. And I think I'm actually going to play that the audio clip from his. Sure. from his press comp from the media scrum after this. But, uh, yeah, just mm-hmm. to see a player like that be able to get rewarded with a goal, an opportunity for a goal that late in a, three, in a three-on-three overtime, just shows you how much he's starting. He really is uh, proving amongst the uh, coaching staff that he belongs over his last four seasons. And every time I speak with him, Derek, has, Derek Schooley has nothing but good things to say about how he stepped up.
2: Absolutely, he certainly has. And, you know, let's let's not mince our words here either. I mean, let's let's talk about the um, you know, about one thing that did happen this weekend that um, it looked like colonial, It brought the colonials together a little bit more, and that is uh, the fact that that we did have uh, a really. I don't know if any Merciless players listen to the listen to this podcast, but that was a really horrible hit. You got to be kidding me. Um, sorry about that. It didn't put my personal inflection into it sometimes um, sometimes
0: yeah. when you're this close and around it, it's okay especially in a situation i mean yeah. he, he's referring to grant bear getting uh right it was basically i mean uh, by by the looks of the replay it was a blindside hit shoulder to the head from yeah. brendan riley and bear left on a stretcher after being down on the ice for uh multiple minutes and i was ta- i was actually uh down with uh kasmonchek you know look watching everything and just seeing how he's reacting and everything he was talking to tim uh, Goldinger out there and, uh, you know, just sure. talking to him, making sure, you know, they're still speaking, you know, he, so he had, co- he was conscious as he was leaving the ice, but, um was he's moving his fingers and that was what the update was afterwards, is that he's conscious and right. uh, having, feeling and movement in his extremities and that's the last that I've heard from the school on it, but you hate to see that, that, that took the air out of the place and, and then one of the, probably the, probably, I, I you want to say, go in a little bit, I can, I'm just going to say it. The celebration after the Mercyhurst goal on the shorthanded goal, unnecessary.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if Rick Ocken listens to this, but that's, that's, that's not typical of that program. I mean, they, uh, let, let's hope they um, they bring a better uh, mindset to the next and, game, maybe a little bit, because that's that, maybe what they need to, you know, they're, they're just, coming to this. The, the, to the, the 4 and 9 now, Mitch. For I mean, people, you
0: know? for people who didn't get to see it or hadn't heard about right. it. Right there was a two-minute unsportsmanlike conduct placed yeah. on Augusta. So it wasn't that he was, you know, that it went un. you know. It was just like, it was. I hate, out of the moment, it was a terrible, terrible. Because I saw him in, in warm-ups tossing pucks into fans. I believe he had family in the crowd. So maybe yep. it was something along the lines of that. But in that moment, it was... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't feeling very happy about it hey, after that personally. Let
2: me, but let me let me give you a little bit of back. Let me give you a little bit of backstory, Mitch. I have personally watched games where Mercer's players have jumped over the boards to look at a, a Robert Morris board during a timeout when they're yeah. trying to set up a play. Let's um, you know, not that's not act like you know we're we're, we're choir boys here. okay. Oh, I mean, no. you know, like, Mercer's has always played on the edge. I'll just yeah. come out and say it. You know, and then whatever chips fall, fall. But anyhow, it, it was good to see Rob Morris cleaned up. Um, what they had to clean up, and you know, just in hockey terms, they were they they really got the job done on the ice. They were creating turnovers. They were using their speed. Um, they were keeping Mercyhurst, you know, pinned in at times. Um, the third period, especially early on in the third period, the Lakers could not get out of their own end very well at all. I mean, Rob Morris really put the clamps down on them. Um, you know, let's talk about Justin Capelmaster, too. I mean, has made a difference this year. There's no question. He's having one of the best seasons, and he doesn't get enough praise for this in college hockey. Okay, he may be, he may end up being the goaltender that plays the most minutes, that has the fewest goals against average, or the slimmest goals against average, and slim and you know best save percentage in the country. Okay, per game, you know, per minutes played. If you look at how many, you know, there, there'll be a few probably, uh, if he keeps up with his pace, there'll be a few ahead of him that, you know, on goals against average and save percentage. Mm-hmm. But they'll play like two or three games. I'm dead serious. He, this is the – he's putting together – nobody's talking about it – the greatest season of the Colonial – you know, in the Colonial's hockey history of a goaltender. Um, it's been great to watch, and he's given him a chance to be in every single game. So far, for me, through this time, he's been the story there hasn't been enough offense to really, you know, talk about. And I mean, I'm sure Derek Scully really knows that and he's working towards it. And the whole team knows that and is working towards it. But right now, I mean, when Cape Masters is giving you a situation where you only need three goals to win, you have got to make that work. And you've got to make that work more nights than not. And that's going to be the, it's going to be something to watch the rest of the season. You know, there is success or failure as a team is going to depend on getting enough goals to you know to support the job that cable master is doing in that right now I,
0: I believe there's one thing that I the, I'm gonna go back to what we were referring to a little bit earlier and yes. the emotion coming out of everybody but that overtime goal and I was saying you're right on capital master hundred percent but that the crowd this in this game reminded me of the 2017. That was the 2017 senior night when Ben Robillard scored in overtime on senior night. Yep. And that, that was the reaction of the crowd, the emotion in it, the way that the crowd was responding. If you watch any replay, you understand what I'm saying. That yes. the, the crowd and everything, but, you know, that was a, a hard fought 3 2 overtime victory <laughs> over Mercyhurst. And, yep. and a player that doesn't score as often got a goal, you know, in a big time game with the two teams. So, um, but yeah, back to Caplemaster. I wanted to put, I wanted to add that to it, and I'm sorry, it was a little out of. I was looking no up that detail while we were talking. But Caplemaster has just been phenomenal. I thought yeah. he had, I thought he played lights out once again in that contest. You're talking about
2: one of the finest performances in the country. Yes. Um, and it's emanating from you know Neville Township, Pennsylvania. This is a great story to watch on, and the second half is going to be even you know, it, it's going to get even bigger. Um, as it closer towards the Atlantic Hockey playoffs, they just, I think. You know, the whole the whole team right now needs to to work towards whatever it takes, whether it's something with their style, something with the way they, they need to play, something with the way they need to open up the ice and get looks. I don't know what it is that they if they're going to have success this year, I, you're about ready right to run out of excuses. They've got to score goals. Mm-hmm. They have a lot more. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Mitch, Saturday they had a lot more than three on the table. They could have had five or six easily. Okay, I'm. We're getting to the point now where I'm. You know, you're not going to be satisfied with people just getting close and missing by an inch or two. They have got to bury the goals.
0: Mm-hmm. And they're gonna. It's just not getting any easier coming up on no. the schedule. You get, you have Sacred Heart for two, in Connecticut, and then you right. come home. You play Army, which is always a nice, a tough battle. Every yeah. time those two teams get together, it's a tough battle. They have their exhibition right. game at Johnstown. Penn State, they have to they host Penn State at the big arena on the eleventh of January, and then the then what we will consider as one of the bigger series of the week of the year is the three game series with Mercyhurst. Yes, where they have to go, they will head to Mercyhurst for their remake up on January fourteenth at Mercyhurst. Then they have a home and home on Friday and Saturday with Mercyhurst, uh, Mercy mm-hmm. once again in Mercyhurst, and then home against the Lakers the following night on the 17th and 18th, so it doesn't get any easier for them. This the, the, re- the stretch the rest of the way is going to be uphill for Robert Morris, and definitely, you know, you wanted to have this type of a victory going into that stretch.
2: Absolutely. It was a hard-fought win. I mean, it was almost a playoff atmosphere, wasn't it, Mitch? I mean, you at like the Air Force games, two plus the Mercers game. They, uh, they've uh, had the last three games, they've had almost playoff-like atmospheres. I mean, it's good to get that experience in right now. The fans are but starting to show
0: up. It's starting yes, to get— <laughs> that's That's the beautiful thing is the fans are starting to pack mm-hmm. the, the island, and it's starting to get—you're its you're starting to get that environment that you want to see. You know, team's starting to do well, and, you know, you had that a couple seasons ago. And then you know, last year it's been a last couple of years. It's been a little rough, you know, with you know the win loss because you know the average fans not going to look at the win loss and then decide what they're going to do. But right. now they're seeing the team starting to put out, you know, effort and the uh, how they're playing, and it's starting to come together for Robert Morris.
2: It is, it is right now. I mean, they just let's just hope that um let's hope that Grant Hiberg comes back healthy as soon as he is able to,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and um let's hope that that happens. Um our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. let hope he gets back uh, on the ice and healthy real soon. Um, you know, it's just a case of we, we need some freshmen to maybe take a click up in their play and start scoring some goals and getting their first goals, of their careers and seeing if that maybe starts, you know, other goals that they can score. I mean, it starts their offensive progress, gives them more confidence around the net. Um, and then likewise for a, a very talented group of sophomores here that could really use to take a step up as well. Um, you know, and that's not that does that's also including um players like Luke Lynch, Justin Adamo, um and Nick Perkusic's had a really good season so far. I looked um yeah, if you're throwing out kudos, Aiden Spelesi definitely has really jumps his game up another level, mm-hmm. just like Michael Coyne, Jake, Jake Coleman have too. But um, I want to talk about Aiden Spalecy. He's really taken his um, his offensive game to another level this year. I'm great to see the skill. There's a lot of skill in that goal he scored last night. It was a huge goal. He's Spalecy scoring huge goals in big situations, and that's what you look for as players, you know, move, you know, in their progression between freshmen and sophomores and sophomores and juniors. And Spalecy's showing us that right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, looking forward, we get Sacred Heart this coming week at. I believe first one's at the at the Webster Bank Arena. And then the second one, I believe, is on Yale's campus. I don't have the arena for the the second game up in front of me. But the first game is against is at at least Bridgeport, uh, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers home, which is Sacred Heart's home rink at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you get? What do you see from Sacred Heart this season?
2: Well, you see some inconsistency on um, the talents there. This is a team that can win the championship. I'm not going to lie. I mean, mm-hmm. people are going to say you're crazy. Gary, you know, Sacred Heart's never, you know, hasn't won a, a, a championship yet. I don't think in, in either the Mac or Atlantic hockey.
0: It'll be played um, at but, Yale's rink. I just saw it on the right. Sacred Heart website.
2: This is a team that could, you know, this is a team that could, that could win a championship. They're that good. Um let's see what happens. I mean, you look at the list of who they have beat so far and you're, you're impressed. And you look at the games they've lost so far and say, and you kind of look to yourself and say, well, that's not great either. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, they're poised and ready to strike. And that's the thing. I mean, it is, but they got the monkey off their back. They finally, they, they beat, you know, this colonial program for the first time in, in their history last year. Um, yes, you know, so, that's nothing left to. There's nothing left to deal with for them there. Okay, they're gonna walk into this one. Um, you know, not completely confident, but confident that they can get the job done. Um, having said that, um, yeah, I'm looking at Rob Morris team right now. that really needs to show that they're the hungrier team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really need to see some more offense. So it's a more from the Colonials right now. I need to see them converting chances into goals. It's not enough to skate around with a lot of momentum and energy. You know, mm-hmm. you get pats on the back for that for a few weeks. Okay. Now it's time to turn that into results or it's just what it is. Just momentum and energy that never got capitalized on. And if you want to be a successful team and have a great season and go far in the playoffs and maybe even to the NCAA tournament, you're going to those te- those are the teams that are in that tournament that capitalized on their momentum and energy. Mm-hmm. So it's a case of taking those small misses and realizing one thing there's not going to be much time left anymore for small misses. Put on the net, or you get what you get. And that is a situation that you're not in control of anymore.
0: Here's what it comes down to. They have Sacred Heart this weekend. Right now, Robert Morris and Army are tied up on top of Atlantic Hockey with 24 points in conference. Sacred Heart has 21 in third place right now, four up on RIT, five up on Air Force, six up on AIC and Niagara. That's how close it is right now. It's a. If you're asking, you're looking at the stretch of the conference matchups that are important. Robert Morris has Sacred Heart this weekend and hosts Army next weekend. So yes. anybody that's looking at, you know, those points are going to be more important than anything. If you continue, to, if you're looking down the road at what's going on in the for the Atlantic Hockey uh, tournament, possibly in the second half of the season, because I believe one of my favorite uh, schoolisms is after christmas you're no longer a freshman it's now you're now a collegiate hockey player That's <laughs> and <correct>. it's uh <laughs> it's definitely something that you got to remember you got to look at and say it's time to show what you're worth because this stretch right now the top 3 teams you're facing the number tied for number 1 and number 3 team right now in atlanta hockey and there's a, a gap between 3 and 4 but not a lot so that could close you know with the robert morris sacred heart uh cut, you know, if they split or they cut, you know, even a, a right. sweep by Robert Morris, that gap closes from three to four. So Sacred Heart has a lot to play for.
2: Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you mean what you're going to look out of the Pioneers this weekend, a lot of skill, a lot of speed. Um, you yeah, know, yeah. they've got some goal scorers, Mitch. They got some guys that can really turn it on. I mean, this is not going to they're no longer a team that's, you know, you're looking at them going, oh my God, they're so helpless. I feel bad for them. It's going to be a, a five goal win. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to Sacred Heart, but there have been years where I looked at it and said, I'm not even worried. You know. Yeah. This isn't one of those years. And last year wasn't
0: it hasn't been it though. Either. If you look at Atlantic hockey, it hasn't been. Right. There have been teams that have been like, Oh, well, they're not gonna be great. And they right. can even say that indicative of the preseason stand. you know selections. Nobody knows because teams no. like Sacred Heart do what they do this year, AIC did what they did last year, Niagara started out hot. You know, Mm -hmm. those teams are the ones that people looked at the last couple seasons. Holy Cross was even one of them. And everybody looked at them, and they're like, oh, well, they're not playing. You know, they're not going to be as strong, so it's going to be these teams. And then out of nowhere, you have AIC. (laughs) Head to the (laughs) tournament.
2: (laughs) I've learned the last, you know, five to seven years, you you can't trust anything in the preseason. Nobody, out. trust me, this goes for anybody running USCHO. Um, Anybody that just self-proclaims, oh, my God, I'm I'm a college hockey expert. Yeah, take your preseason <laughs> predictions, and <laughs> I don't want to be be that frank on your podcast, but you they it. don't work out. They don't work out for anybody. No, this okay? is this is fine, dude.
0: I'm not regulated by anybody. You can listen. Right. You don't have to listen. Nobody. If they want to be I mad at they, me. Be mad at me. I'm fine with it. I'm gonna say hey,
2: take take what they write on, down on paper for their predictions, uh, uh, and you can know what they you know what they can do with the paper. Uh, I'm looking Anyhow, at this.
0: I mean, yeah, they lost yeah. two games to Penn State, of course that four five, yeah that five four loss. On October twelfth, uh, they had Niagara. They swept Niagara. They split with Air Force. Split with Holy Cross. They swept RIT, by the way, which is right below yeah. them in the standings. Split with Holy mm-hmm. Cross again, and they only they they did they defeat Boston University for nothing. Yeah, so they beat BU for nothing. Yep. So that in a non conference game on Tuesday. So this is a team that <laughs> they have AIC on Tuesday coming up between the Robert Morris series, but still. This is a team that can put together the wins. It's crazy, just what we're talking about here.
2: Absolutely. So we're looking forward to a... To a series that um you know is, is going to be wildly entertaining. If you can actually get the pay per view this weekend, it's worth every penny of it for sure. Um, that's the one thing we can say about Sacred Heart. That is, an, and it, this is not going to be a kind of a boring trap hockey game with limited chances. Kind of like the Air Force weekend was for them. I mean, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Air Force may be gone. Mercer's gave me and go. Okay, finally, this is what the kids want. Here we go, mm-hmm. back and forth hockey. You're going to get more back and forth hockey. I think this weekend with Sacred Heart.
0: Absolutely. All right, Gary. Thank you for coming on this week. Uh, Once again, every week, it's awesome to have you on when we can get you. So um, I'll talk to you probably next week when we're talking Sacred Heart. That game's on Saturday, Sunday, so we might not have a complete update um, until after the game, but we'll try to do the best we can. That was Gary Heeman. I am Brian Mitchell. We'll be back with Kaz Monchek and the close of this week's Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast. Alright, now joining us at this time, he's going to bring us a little update on our Headwaters guys that came to the island from Mercyhurst. This is Kaz Monchek. Kaz, how's it going, buddy?
4: Not bad, Mitch. How are you? I'm doing good.
0: Alright, what do you got for us this week,
4: buddy? I'm not bad. Thank you for having me on. So, uh, RMU played the Mercyhurst Lakers this past weekend. Obviously, their first game on Friday night was uh, postponed due to lighting fixture uh-huh. up in uh, Lake Arena. And the second game took place, as scheduled, at um, RMU on the island. And we had two uh, two Pittsburgh boys return home, Dalton Hunter and Paul Moss. Dalton, uh, from Greensburg, PA, played his junior hockey for Dubuque Fighting Saints in the USHL. Uh, through games played, Dalton has nine assists, three goals. And of those three goals... Two have come on the power play. Uh, Dalton was used a lot in power play, um, as both teams got a lot of power play time out out mm-hmm. of that game. And um, he was used as more of a and more of a skilled forward role playing with the uh, there with top uh, top men. Mm-hmm. Paul Moss played. Uh, Butler native played his college, played his junior hockey also in the USHO for the Green Bay Gamblers. He's through eight games. He has not registered a point, but he was he's seen more primarily on the um, penalty kill and playing in the lower lines. And I'm more of a grinder type of player, I noticed goes through the net, throws his body around, and creates havoc in front. Made it hard on um in when he was in the in the zone to see the puck. Both are extremely skilled players coming out of the USHL. I think that they have. Very bright futures. Um, I, I'm expecting Paul to. He had a few looks at the net. I'm expecting him to pick up his uh point production as he gets more comfortable. As he's only as he's uh, only a freshman.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Is that uh, that was uh, Kaz Moncheck? He joined us. Who will join us almost every week? We're gonna try to get him on, giving you an update on all the guys who were out of you know out of the region now that played here at some point. Of course, he this We had Dalton Hunter and Paul Most. Dalton Hunter played for Greater Latrobe. Paul Most for Mars, They're both in the PIHL. They both plays, played for the Penns Elite. And it was just big. Uh, you know, of course, uh, Dalton Hunter, Johnstown, Youngstown. And went to and the Dalton. And, of course, uh, Paul Most played for Wilkes-Barre uh, Scranton in the N A H L. also. So that was good to see. Thanks again for coming on there, uh, Cass, and I'll see you at the rink at some point, alright? Probably Tuesday. <laughs> yes, sir. Alright, take care. That was Cass Moncheck. We'll be back on the PhD Podcast. That'll conclude this week's PhD Podcast. I want to thank everybody for coming on today. We, of course, had Matt Mamros call in, as well as Gary Heeman and Cass Moncheck, with our updates from Robert Morris Men and the Mer- Berg Hockey Mer- Mercyhurst Lakers from Headwaters. Uh, that were able to be talked about. Um, it was good to have those two on. Rick Kalinowski for coming on and talking with me after his win on Tuesday night. Of course, just remember, tomorrow, first game of Berg Hockey Live. It will be Greater Latrobe at Montour at the Island. I will be bringing it to you with Matt Geica at 7.15. And then myself and Matt Popchalk will be on the air for North Hills and Wheeling Catholic from the Island at 9.15. I will be back on the air on Tuesday for Cannon-McMillan and, I believe, Eerie, oh, Sorry, Cathedral Prep for the pregame and for the first game. And then the second game, Matt Geica will be joining me for the Peters Township weekly broadcast as Peters Township will be welcoming the Pine Richland Rams to Prince Cape Arena. For everybody out there and everybody included in you, thank you for coming and listening to us this week. My name is Brian Mitchell. I will see you in the rink. Take care, guys.